This is FBG Jen. And FBG Kristen. And I'm FBG Margot, host and producer. You're listening to the podcast that will help you keep a lid on the junk in the trunk and inspire you to live a happy and confident life. Each episode, we chat with motivational experts and celebs and share our own candid adventures in being healthy. If you're looking for a podcast that's equal parts hilarious and enlightening, well then welcome to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. Welcome back to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. This is FBG Margo and on the line today, we have FBG Jen. Hey. And we have FBG Kristen. Hola. Hola, hola, everybody. So, Jen, Kristen, we have a sponsor. Yay! Woo! We love having a sponsor. We certainly do. So, so Jen, do you want to get us started? Uh, let's talk about Love Muscovies. I do. Love Muscovies. I think the name kind of says it all, right? Like, you want to love your underwear. And I don't think that I fully realized this until I, I started putting on and wearing some of Love Muscovies. And Love, love Muscovies came into my life. And then I was like... Oh my God, I have been wearing crap underwear with holes and stuff. And that really doesn't make me feel good. And having nice underwear is actually really important. Love My Skibbies is a monthly service. It's a subscription that just shows up at your door once a month. And inside is a pair of, or two pairs of high performance, high quality, um, moisture wicking underwear that are like really cute. And what I love is that they give you both a one pair that is extremely, we'll say functional, you know, like usually it's like a solid color and it just has a, a really like good, basic, comfortable fit. And then you get another pair that still has all those things going for it, but it's a little bit more fun. It's a little bit more cheeky. Um, it's a little sexier. So I know we have all been getting them in the mail and <laughs> It's just been, it's just been funny. It has given me the chance to clean out my underwear closet yeah. because or the underwear drawer, because I put these new ones in and I'm like, well, this one's got to go and this one's got to go. And really the owner of Love My Skivvies put like so much heart and soul into um, the company and really saw a need for women that wasn't being fulfilled and was like, you know what, I'm going to make, I'm going to make underwear for women that move and I'm going to make underwear for women that don't have the time and I'm going to make better underwear because really what you go out there and you can get in most stores is kind of not that great for what we actually need. So what have you guys thought about it? Well, I got my two pairs and I, I'm kind of phasing out thongs for my life. I'm never going to totally go thong free, but I'm, I was just getting kind of tired of the thong thing. So I asked, please no thongs. You give me full cheeky yeah. coverage and they gave a pair that was super comfortable and cute in this teal color and I love teal and they had just a cute little daintier pair and it just makes you feel so girly and I loved it and like you said I just went recondoed my drawer and just like well I like these two so two have to go and two that barely fit me I just really didn't like them out the door so I'm already really happy yeah and it's you know it's really nice to um at least for me i maybe this is a unique experience, but I have found that finding a size that I wear in underwear, even within the same brand, is impossible because it varies depending on the style and on the material, even when it's like the same company making them. So I've really liked this that like, I mean, these are designed to all fit the same way at the same size. So when I'm ordering you know, when I'm ordering these, well, not ordering them, when I'm just receiving these, I know that they're going to come in and they're they're going to fit, which is super exciting. And it, 
for me, it wasn't, I, I actually had already thrown out some of mine with holes because I had this realization a few months ago where I'm like, I'm a grown ass lady and I don't have to wear underwear with holes. <laughs> but yep. I had others that like looked nice, but they weren't comfortable. <laughs> and so I would wear that, like they would be the last ones I would wear when everything else was in the laundry and I would get, put them on and I would be like, oh my gosh, these don't like, I don't like where they're going. And then I would put clothes on over them and it wouldn't look like smooth because it was cutting in or, you know, or being baggy and you guys a baggy thong is not particularly helpful no um like <laughs> <laughs> on so uh, many levels so many. yep so yeah this is this has helped me to take that next step of being like you know what if you have holes or you just don't fit perfectly you're out yeah and how many like these don't stretch out like i've had a few pair for months now and like they don't stretch out and i have so many other pairs of underwear that are just like my body hasn't changed that much. Like what is happening? Like just, ugh. right. Yeah. yeah. Just weird. But now I'd like need more months to pass so I can get more. So that <laughs> I don't have to well, laundry often. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the nice thing is that like, I mean, a, a monthly pr- subscription prescription, huh? A monthly subscription is like, it's not expensive. It's not like you're committing to, um, you know, you're not committing to like a giant expense each month. It's what, $18? Yeah, it's like month. And if you guys continue listening before the interview, we will actually drop in a a special code for 25% off of your first month. What? We will? We will. Pretty exciting. Totally worth it. And I feel like once you try it, you'll be hooked. You'll be like, where, where has this been my entire life? That's how I was. That was my experience. The, I, I feel the same way. So, uh, yeah, after right after we do our little pre-show here, we'll give you guys, you just listen to the segment. It gives you a little coupon code you can use at checkout, and you can try out their service for yourself. And like I said, we all, we're really happy with it, what we've gotten so far. So we, we know you guys will be happy with it as well. And we have to say, like, talking about, oh, here's my segue coming up, my fast segue. So <laughs> <laughs> Kristen and I had an interview today with uh, Whitney English Tabai, and she is a nutritionist. And Kristen and I were talking to her. I actually used to pitch Whitney. She worked for e-television at the news desk for years, and then she became a nutritionist. And it was so funny with this interview. We kind of screwed up with the time between, you know, the West Coast and East Coast. So we only had her for 30 minutes. And Chris and I will tell you, this is one of the best 30 minutes we've done. Don't you agree? Yeah, it flew by. It was it was fun. It was she's very, very good at um, the whole reason she became a nutritionist is because she wanted to be able to take the um well not a nutritionist a registered dietitian correct I should say correct because she went through all the schooling and and all of that um because she really wanted to be able to take pretty complex ideas and break them down in a way that literally everyone who just wants to put food in their mouth can understand and use in their own lives so we were like hi tell us all about this and she would just break it down it yeah. was it was awesome there's so and much, she's funny. And she's funny as hell. And she and th- there's so much information that's out there. And you can kind of fall for the next trend so easily. And especially because she was working in the celebrity atmosphere. So they'd be like, well, this A-list person does this for their diet. So, oh, I should do it too. And that's when she, she wanted to do harder pieces because she wanted to be like, well, what's the science behind that? Like, for example, nightshade vegetables and fruits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, she talks about it in this episode. And at the end, we, we ran out of time. And so Kristen and I said, please, please, please come back on the show. And you guys, in a few weeks, she'll be back on the show. Woo! Yay! Woo! 
So yeah, this is a, this was a great interview. Like I said, lots of good information here. I think you guys are just going to love her as much as we did. And uh, I say we just go right into this interview. What do you guys say? Let's do yeah. it. Okay, here we go. Remember, this episode is sponsored by Love My Skivvies, a monthly subscription service for undies that we absolutely adore. Ladies, you got to check them out at lovemyskivvies.com. Okay, that's L-U-V-M-Y-S-K-I-V-V-I-E-S.com. And for being a listener, you can even save 25% off your first month. Just enter the code FBG, that's for Fit Bottom Girls, FBG, at checkout, and you're good to go. Again, that's lovemyskivvies.com, L-U-V-M-Y-S-K-I-V-V-I-E-S.com. Whitney English to buy is a registered dietitian, nutritionist, certified personal trainer, and founder of the website YouTube channel, Whitney E-R-D. Whitney's mission is to help readers make educated decisions about the food they eat by providing evidence-based information on popular nutrition topics and sharing healthy, original recipes that fit her predominantly plant-based nutrition philosophy. She's been featured in outlets such as Good Day LA, Bon Appetit, People, Today's Dietitian, BuzzFeed, Huffington Post, Men's Help, Shape, Reader's Digest, and many more. When she isn't whipping up healthy meals in her wit's kitchen, she can be found soaking up the L.A. sun with her pup, Mr. Chow. She is here today to talk about all sorts of nutrition topics. Welcome to the show, Whitney. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This is FBG Margot, and on the line today we have FBG Kristen. Hey, guys. So, Whitney, so excited to chat with you guys today. We're very excited to have you on the show. I'm going to ask you the first question. So you started with your journey to nu- into nutrition. You began your career first as an entertainment news reporter in L.A. and then found that deep down you're kind of a science junkie and nutrition investigator. So can you tell us a little bit about what that transition was, being, working from live television into what you're doing now? And can you tell us what your career path has been like since then? Sure. So, yeah, I got my undergraduate degree in broadcast journalism. That's what brought me out to L.A. about 10 years ago. And I spent the first few years of my career working for E! News and some other entertainment outlets, interviewing celebrities, attending red carpet events. And it was all such a blast, such an exciting career for someone in their early 20s. Um, But along the way, I quickly found out that it just wasn't where my true passion was. I was constantly trying to turn my interviews with celebrities into interviews about health and fitness. I was creating segments specifically surrounded around wellness. I quickly realized I needed a different place to channel my outlets because what my boss really wanted me to do was reporting on celebrity gossip and and entertainment issues. So um, that's when I started my, my blog. That was about eight years ago. And so I used that as a space to uh, talk about these things that I was interested in, and then also uh, also as an area where I could combat a lot of the nutritional and fitness myths that I was hearing. So when I was interviewing celebrities, and as you see in tabloids and women's health magazines all the time, we're constantly getting these controversial and and confusing messages and often mixed messages from from the media, from from these wellness experts about what a proper diet and a proper health and wellness routine is. And so as a journalist, I've always been interested in getting to the truth. Um, and that's what I used my, my website to do was to try to answer these questions. 
But as I did so, I started to realize that if I wanted to continue to report on these things, I really needed to be an expert myself. Or otherwise, I was probably just going to be contributing to the noise. Um, another person out there talking about health and wellness issues, maybe without the proper credentials. So that's when I decided to go back to school to become a registered dietitian. And that was about four years ago. And because I got my undergraduate degree in broadcast journalism, I had absolutely no science under my belt. So I had to spend about the first two years going back to community college, taking all those core science classes, chemistry, biochemistry, organic chemistry, in order to get accepted to a program. And I initially thought that it was not, I was going to have a hard time because writing was really my bread and butter. But I quickly realized that I that I absolutely loved it. Um, I I guess I just didn't know myself as much in high school and college growing up. I thought science wasn't for me. And all of a sudden, when I started doing it in my older adult years, I realized that I absolutely loved it and it just clicked. That's really cool. Um, I'm sort of in the, the same boat a little bit um, because, you know, did like the English degree and um, journalism and all of that. And you know, yeah, now being in the health sphere, you know, getting different, you know, training certifications and all of that, like, it's biology and anatomy and all of this <laughs> stuff that I was like, oh, I have no use for that. I right. you know, I'm not taking that class. Yeah. So I think that's, it's really interesting. And I think that that's a really good message for, um, for some of the young women who are listening to know, like, don't put that stuff out yeah. just because you think like, oh, it's not really what I'm super into right now. Like if you've got any interest in it, like take advantage of those classes Absolutely. being available. And even if you don't think it's your strong suit, I, I thought I, my line was always, I'm bad at math. And I feel like we yes. hear that from women a lot. And I found out that I'm awesome at math <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I did really well in my classes. And I, I don't really know where that idea was first sprouted along the way, but I'm, I'm really glad I found out that it wasn't true. Yeah. So plant-based is, I mean, it's a really buzzy word and it has yes. you know, real, <laughs> real meaning, but it's, you know, it gets thrown around a lot. Um, and since that's such a big part of your philosophy, can you talk a little bit about what plant-based does and what it does not include? Sure. So like you said, it is a very buzzy word. So that means that it means different things to everyone. Originally, the term whole foods plant-based diet came out of a vegan community that really believes in um, strictly plant-based. So only vegan, absolutely no animal products. And then the whole foods portion really referred to only eating food from its apps absolute natural form. So a lot of people that practice whole foods, plant-based diets will cut out oils, will cut out any processed grains. So even if it's a whole grain, um, if it comes in bread, flour, anything that's a product, they'll cut that out as well. Um, any sugar. So that's probably the strictest version of, of a plant-based diet. Um, and then all the way on the other side of the spectrum, a lot of people just use plant-based now to describe diets that are rich in plants. So if you eat a lot of plants, someone might say they have a plant-based diet. I adopted the, the term predominantly plant-based to incorporate the things that I was learning about a plant-based diet, and I'll define more what I mean by that, um, with some other principles 
that I think are really important for good health, and that is intuitive eating. So that's that kind of sums up the the predominantly portion of predominantly plant based. So when I say plant based, I'm actually referring to anything under the umbrella. The science supports that plant that any type of plant based diet, vegan, vegetarian, semi vegetarian, even pescatarian. Um, All of these patterns of eating show health benefits compared to a traditional omnivorous diet. So there are some studies that show that the closer that you move from from an omnivorous diet to a strictly vegan diet, the the more health benefits that we see, the less chronic disease, the more longevity. Um, And so that really demonstrates that every little step that you take in that direction to eating more plants and eating less animal products the better for your health. And, but then that also demonstrates to people that it's not all or nothing. You don't have to follow a whole foods plant-based diet to reap some of these health benefits. The more you can do, the better. The reason that I don't support a fully vegan diet, even though some of the research does, is because I also think it's really important to take into account behaviors. And the average person really isn't capable of eating a vegan diet. So I spent a large majority of my um, dietetic experience doing my uh, dietetic internship at an eating disorder clinic, and I worked there shortly after graduation. And that's where I learned about the concept of intuitive eating. And intuitive eating really is about listening to your body to help direct your food choices because the alternative is listening to food rules, which ends up leading to disordered eating in many cases. And, and we see it all the time. Most people just really don't know what to eat. They rely on the rules of what they think they should eat, what they heard from uh, friends and the magazines and in the media. And it, it ends up creating a lot of confusion about food, which I believe is what's contributing to our obesity crisis now. Um, so I take into account that I think people need to get back to, to a, a more intimate relationship with their food and being able to listen to what their body wants. And in turn, that means that if you're choosing to eat a plant-based diet, you're also not choosing to eat that way based on strict black and white principles and rules. Because in, in that case, one, you're not gonna, we're not going to get a lot of people eating this way if they feel like this is such a hard thing to do. We're going to lose a lot of people who end up trying to eat this way and then potentially slipping up, as, as you would call it, on a diet and then ending up going back to their old ways of eating. So I, I present it as a more flexible type of lifestyle pattern as opposed to a diet. So as we said before, the more the better. Come on in, try this out, and then and learn how it works in your lifestyle. If that's 90% of your diet, great. If it's 80% of your diet, if it simply means you start off doing a meatless Monday, that's awesome. And you're really going to see benefits either way. And you're also going to avoid some of those pitfalls that we see when people go on strict diets. Can you tell us a little bit about your seven-day predominantly plant-based meal plan that's free for anyone who wants to try it? Sure. So that is really um, 
my way of helping people take some baby steps into a predominantly plant-based lifestyle. So it includes some of my favorite recipes that are really easy to make and delicious. It gives people an introduction to show them that eating plant-based doesn't have to be hard and you're not going to be sacrificing flavor or your favorite foods. So that's where the meal plan and the recipes that are in it come. But then I also include a component where I'm teaching you a little bit about the intuitive eating side of it. So I'm giving you tips in there about how you can work to reconnect with your body's internal hunger and fullness cues and how you can start making decisions about the things that you're going to eat without having to follow some sort of rule book. Um, So I give my main principles in there about how to do that. It also includes a grocery list and um, some snack ideas And it's really just a little bit of a a taste of what predominantly plant-based is all about to help get people started. A taste. I love that. A taste. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. Always injecting the food puns. Oh, yeah. can't help it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We love puns. Keep them them coming. Um, Okay. So one of the best things about being the co-host of a podcast is that I get to have really smart people on like you and I get to ask questions that I want to know about. Um, and this is one of those examples. Okay. Um, okay. So I have been working toward um, following like an anti-inflammatory focused diet due mm-hmm. to a whole big variety of really frustrating health issues. And boy, is there a lot of information out there on what's good, what's not. And, you know, some of it is pretty basic and, you know, everyone agrees like, yes, you should eat lots of leafy greens and, um, you know, (laughs) you should not be eating a bunch of steak. But I'm wondering if you could share some of your guidelines that you would recommend um, if someone is is really looking at food as medicine and wants to fight inflammation. And my specific questions in there are um, how big a deal is soy? What about Mm -hmm. nightshades? And can Mm -hmm. I have legumes or no? Oh, wow. Okay. So we've got a lot of hot (laughs) hot button issues packed into one question. Yes. (laughs) Um, Uh, But I love love talking about all of them. So um, number one, the the best anti-inflammatory diet that we have research on is a Mediterranean diet. So study after study has shown that it's, it's really the best way to reduce inflammation and the Mediterranean diet is essentially, it is a very, it it is, you could categorize it as a plant-based diet because it's very rich in fruits and vegetables, nuts, seeds, whole grains, legumes, um, with a little bit of fish and a little bit of dairy. So if, if someone isn't ready to go to a fully plant-based diet, I, and, but is looking to reap the anti-inflammatory benefits, of a certain eating pattern, I 100% would say the Mediterranean diet is the way to go. Additionally, so the second question is about specific foods. Oh, yes. Um, Soy gets a really bad rap. Lots of people out there will claim that soy can cause pretty much anything under the sun. I, I, yet to hear a different disease that isn't, um, that soy isn't the culprit of. I actually did a three-part video series on my YouTube channel about soy combating every single one of the main myths because I personally was kind of scared to start eating soy before I I went plant-based. So I've been I've been doing the predominantly plant-based lifestyle for about 2 years now. 
But before that, um, I came from a fitness background. I used to eat six egg whites a day, tons of chicken with every meal. I totally was not on this plant-based bandwagon (laughs) until I learned the research. (laughs) Um, And so for me, I, I bought into a lot of these uh, a lot of these messages until I went and did the research myself. And so soy was one of those things that I had heard a lot of bad things about and typically would would avoid as well. But when I really dug into the the research on soy and I spent a good three months putting together these videos, oh, wow. I found that soy not only um, is not harmful for cancer, cardiovascular disease, PCOS, women's fertility, men's fertility, hypothyroidism, acne, I'm probably missing some, but those are the main ones that I targeted. Not only does it either have no effect, but in many cases it actually helps prevent and may may help prevent and treat some of these conditions. So we have like really, really good evidence that eating soy in your diet could potentially prevent um, and treat prostate and breast cancer which is completely opposite to what you hear. You know, the main concern with soy, I feel like everyone thinks is breast cancer. Yes. Because that's that's one of the things that we hear. But if you really dig into the research, studies show that people who have have diets high in soy have less breast cancer. Breast cancer survivors that eat soy have a less chance of reoccurrence. And and that data is, is solid. And if you look at cultures that eat a lot of soy, um, Asian cultures, for example, they have lower rates of breast and prostate cancer than we do. And I, I dig a lot deeper into that and really explain some of the mechanisms behind it in those videos. But overall, the message is really that soy is actually beneficial to us. As with anything in life, you probably don't want to go overboard. I'm not saying to have soy six to 10 times a day, but it's, right. it's a really important, in a plant-based diet, it's a really important source of, of protein and healthy fats and also those phytochemicals, isoflavones, that are going to have those anti-cancer properties and other, other potential properties. I even stumbled upon some studies showing that it could be beneficial for PCOS, some studies showing that it, it helped couples that were struggling with fertility, and I talk about all those studies. And, and that is due to some of its anti-inflammatory properties, actually. You're blowing my mind. Mm-hmm. And yes, um, guys, so. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll make sure to have um, links to those videos in the show notes. So just go to fitbottomgirls.com slash podcast. Um, okay. And you, can, you can find the our little show notes on that. And we'll make sure that we've got links to all those videos because I am definitely diving into that the minute we're off this call. <laughs> yes, check it out. <laughs> Hopefully you will find it helpful. Yeah, I love I love when I'm able to to kind of flip flip someone's mind on these on these topics because it's, it's unfortunate that some of these health foods are, are being avoided because of these messages. The second one about nightshades. So yeah. I'm not as well-versed in nightshades, so I can't like spout off any of the st- studies that I've read. But generally what I would say to you is the studies that we have on tomatoes, for instance, do people that eat tomatoes have more chronic disease or less chronic disease? I know for sure that we have lots of research showing specifically that that men that eat more tomatoes have lower rates of prostate cancer, for instance. So I, I would say that the the proof is in the pudding there. Um, yeah. we look at we look at trends and um, people who eat nightshades tend to fare better. So I, I don't buy into that that argument about nightshades. And Good. then lastly about beans, same thing. 
And I actually have done the research there. We know that people who eat beans have less chronic disease. Beans are an excellent source of protein, of minerals, um, fiber. And fiber is the, is one of the main nutrients that we know is really the mechanism behind why whole grains and other things that are high in fiber are, are beneficial to health is because they possess anti-cancer properties. They're also really important for uh, weight maintenance. So fibrous foods um, have kind of a two-pronged effect on weight. One, they help you stay fuller longer. They're going to help you with uh, digestion and, and transit through the uh, digestive system. But secondly, we're now starting to learn about what happens when our friendly gut bacteria break down this fiber and the, the molecules that they produce, the, the metabolites, some of these we're learning can then have an effect on our brain and, and our hunger hormones and control weight that way. So the more fiber, the better. Beans are an excellent source of it and beans are a staple in any plant-based diet and cultures that eat plant-based diets and eat diets high in beans fare better. So do not avoid beans. (laughs) You just made my life so much easier. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Beans are absolutely anti-inflammatory. There, there aren't any fruits and vegetables. I'm, I want to make sure I'm not making a blanket statement here, but I can't think of any plant-based food that is considered inflammatory unless it unless it has an actual toxin to humans. So for instance, one of the arguments with beans is that red lentils have an anti-nutrient in them that's toxic to humans. And that's entirely true in a completely uncooked bean. And that's why we don't eat beans uncooked. We actually can't even really chew beans uncooked. Have you ever tried to gnaw on a, no. red, a red lentil? <laughs> no. Or, or, oh, it's not a red lentil. Um, a red kidney bean. I'm sorry. Oh. Um, yeah. So there are lots of things in plants that could potentially cause problems if they're not soaked, sprouted, cooked. But we don't eat those things in those forms already. Um, so it's another com- another common thing people will say about beans is that some of the minerals that we get in them, like calcium, aren't as bioavailable because they're bound to things like phytates, which can inhibit absorption. And those, those phytates are actually degraded during the cooking process. And you can degrade them further by, by soaking and and sprouting your beans before cooking. Um, Also, when you buy beans in the can, they're already going to have undergone some of those processing techniques, which will lower the phytate content and increase your absorption of calcium. And beans by the can are perfectly safe and fine, just as healthy as if you cook them yourself, as long as you're um, buying BPA-free cans. So BPA is an endocrine disruptor. You want to avoid that in canned food. But if you're buying BPA-free cans, low-sodium beans, rinsing them before you eat them, um, that's an excellent, convenient way to get some plant-based protein in your diet. Are there any food or nutrition trends out there that you're just not on board with? You're just not a fan of. Can you tell us any about any of those? Sure. I mean, so many. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, like pretty much anyone other than um, than plant based, and even sometimes in in that umbrella, I I find things that I don't agree with. I would say number one, the most recent was what we were just talking about, um, the anti lectin movement. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. Per, yeah. from the plant paradox and Dr. Stephen Gundry. And it's interesting that that you guys brought that up because yesterday I just shot a video 
one of the next videos from my YouTube channel called How to Spot a Quack. So it's all about how to spot oh. a nutrition quack. I don't call anyone out by name, but <laughs> I, one, of the, one of the main things that I talk about, one of my, I think my point number five is that they're always trying to sell you something and it's likely a supplement. And one of the ways to tell it, it's not everyone who's trying to sell you something is not a quack. Everybody has to make a living. Right. I will eventually be selling some products on my website as well. But when someone tells you that you absolutely need to take something in order to uh, cure whatever ails you, that and it's not something that's standard, it's some sort of random herbal potion mix that only have the access to, that's a, that's a big red flag. As re- true nutrition professionals really believe that, that food is medicine and that it is paramount in our diet. And there are things that as experts, we know certain people are going to need for certain chronic conditions. But these are typical things like micronutrients if you're, if you're deficient in them. And a lot of, a lot of these uh, alternative health practitioners now are selling these supplements, which are mixes of, of herbs and molecules and things that have not been scientifically proven to treat any of these conditions. And yet they'll tell you that you need to take them or you need to do a month-long cleanse with them. And it's simply just not backed by research. And so (laughs) back to who we were just discussing in the beginning, if you go to this guy's website, uh, the first thing you see is, is all of his supplements that he's trying to sell you. So I'll leave that. Uh, I'll let that speak for itself, but I'm not, I'm definitely not on board with that because of what we just talked about. The fact that all of these lectin, lectin containing foods have actually shown in in all of the research to be really beneficial for our health, whole grains, beans, um, and the night and the so-called nightshade vegetables, people who eat these things and populations who have them high in their diet live longer, have less chronic disease. Awesome. Um, yeah. Any, do we have time for more diets? <laughs> um, yeah. Like if you want to, so we've got about two minutes left. And that's okay. I mean, un- unless you want me to, go through other things. I think we need to have you on the show again, actually. Yeah. I was was just going to say, like, if you, if I can just go ahead and throw that invite out now, like I have so many more questions for you. And I think you, and I'm, and again, I'm really sorry that we had to cut this. Oh, oh, that's okay. No, well, I know. So I bet our listeners are going to have questions. So you guys, if you have questions for Whitney, we'll do another episode. It's a podcast at fitbottomgirls.com. That's the email. So Whitney, I'm just going to ask you our last question for part one of our interview with you. (laughs) okay (laughs) so Whitney what was the last song you listened to before you did this podcast interview oh my goodness particularly a tough question because I know I'm like trying to see my my Spotify playlist can I get over to that really quick yeah I listen to a lot of random singer-songwriters, so it's probably not something that anyone has ever heard before. Okay, I listened to this song called With Love by Gene Avaro Jr. Oh, okay. All right, it's, we'll check it out. Yeah, it's a romantic song. I like to listen to chill music while I drive. <laughs> no, that's great. I, 
that's a really good thing to do in LA, I think. I would think yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so My much. My husband for loves be- these like upbeat techno kind oh, of yeah. songs, and I'm just like, no, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to be calm in the middle oh. of this traffic jam. <laughs> well, thank awesome. you so much, and we'll definitely have you back on real soon because I have a feeling everybody's gonna have a bunch of questions for you. Great. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun chatting with you guys. Love this show? Tell us why in a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read it on the air. Also, make sure you are a subscriber. If you want to reach out to say hi or have a question about a recent episode, yay, well, feel free to email us at podcast at fitbottomgirls.com. And if this podcast jives perfectly with your brand, consider sponsoring the show. Get more info by emailing advertising at fitbottomgirls.com. Find all kinds of Fit Bottom goodness online and on social media at Fit Bottom Girls, Fit Bottom Mamas, Fit Bottom Eats, and Fit Bottom Zen. And if books and movies are your thing, check out the other podcast I co-host called Book vs. Movie, which you can find anywhere when you search for podcasts. Thanks for listening.